This programme was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with a television licence fee. Welcome to the Hugh Lane Concert Series, featuring contemporary, traditional, classical and jazz music concerts from the Hugh Lane Gallery in Dublin. Programme 1 features jazz music duo Lars Janssen and Ronan Gilfoyle. Thank you. 
with Lars Janssen and with Ronan Gilfoyle here at the Hugh Lane Gallery on Sundays at noon. Hello to both of you and welcome to the Hugh Lane. If I can first start with uh, Lars. Lars, you're a very well-known jazz musician and composer and what most people may not know, poet. Oh, you think? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, what I'd like to do is just uh, chat a little bit about your, your music, okay. uh, about your compositions. If I could start by reading uh, someone else's comments about you. Pianist Lars Janssen's music is beyond category. Its roots are in jazz, but especially on worship of self, it also embraces the Western classical tradition, bringing to mind the genius of Leonard Bernstein. Wow, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I won't ask you to comment directly on that, but can you tell me a little bit about your own compositions? To me, it is melody, 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 uh, lyrical, uh, backed up, of course, by the harmonies, but you are essentially... Would you see yourself as a lyrical composer? Uh, yeah, I think melody is very important. And the older I get, the melody becomes more and more important. Also in my soloing, when you play solo in a jazz tune, for instance, I try to keep a good line, a good melody in my soloing. Not just a lot of phrases, you know, notes. <laughs> but uh, from the start, when I was young, I think the rhythmic thing was very natural for me. I love music that swings, groove, uh, things like that. But I'm, I'm happy you say I'm famous because <laughs> I, I'm famous. <laughs> I think I'm famous in Scandinavia. I've been playing a lot there. But funny thing, mostly in Scandinavia and Japan. And now a couple of times in Dublin, which is fantastic. I know you have a huge association with Japan. In fact, many tours. And uh, you are also into Zen Buddhism. Oh, yes. And you have, may I quote you? Okay. <laughs> and uh, jazz music is one of the few human activities that succeeds in combining responsibility for the collective with individual freedom. Mm. The great challenge for every musician is to find his personal sound. In our search for self-knowledge, finding meaning in our lives, and to fulfill our destiny, Jazz music is a fantastic art form to help us on that path. Mm -hmm. I'm quoting you directly, I presume. Wow, I liked it. Uh, I like <laughs> it very much. I presume your Zen Buddhism and your philosophy of life doesn't form your compositions, doesn't form you as a jazz musician. Pardon again. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, first I would say, I'm not a Buddhist. I'm not, uh, you know, I, I love the Japanese culture and I've been interested in Zen Buddhism for many years. Of course, I've been practicing Zazen meditation but I also do some, some other uh, meditation that I learned from India, actually, so I've been practicing those things. But um, actually, some of the quotes you said is some ideas I got from Red Mitchell, the great bass player, who you know, played with Charles Parker and Billy Holiday, but he moved to Sweden for some years, and he said that uh, jazz is beyond politics. It combines uh, you know, the collective and the individual thing, and that's... Fantastic. And then we played the Prelude to a Restless Mind. It's, uh, it's built on uh, Bach's C major prelude. I did my own version <laughs> on that one. It's more, it's more kind of the mood and the, the, the way the piano plays these chords that reminds of Bach, but otherwise the, 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 the colors are my own, you could say.
Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hugh Lane Gallery for this morning's concert. Uh, before we start, just a couple of announcements. The emergency exits are the door through which you came on my right, and this door here on my right. The director of the series here at Sundays at noon is Gavin O'Sullivan. Gavin, we're here in the very beautiful Hugh Lane Gallery on a Sunday afternoon, a perfect Dublin lunchtime concert. Yes, yeah, the, the setting is sort of integ an integral part of these concerts and the, the attractiveness, I think, for people. There was a reviewer in the Irish Times, Douglas Seeley, who used to come to these concerts years ago and um, re review them. But I remember lots of his reviews were not about the music, but just about sitting looking at the paintings. <laughs> and I think for a lot of people, that's, that is the attractiveness of uh, the venue. And... Um, the music, the setting is important for chamber music. I think it's, uh, 
it's something you find in a lot of modern concert halls it's not as enjoyable because it's the wrong venue and uh, this works the acoustic is great there are problems because it's quite boomy but I think musicians generally love performing here Tell me a little bit about the series here at the Hugh Lane. It's been running since the 1970s, and you yourself have been, if you like, directing proceedings here for at least 20 years. Tell me of the, all the different kinds of music that goes on here. Well, the series started in 1975. It was a, a one-off event. The Goethe Institute supported two concerts, which were the um, all the Bach sonatas for violin and keyboard. Therese Timoney and Gillian Smith p- performed them. Um, they were incredibly successful there's reviews still you can see them online on the Irish Times website Charles Acton reviewed them and they were apparently they were packed and he commented on the venue and the audience and um, after that the Gillian and Dre's decided to organize more concerts and Gillian then became the sort of the director of of the series and organized concerts throughout the 70s and 80s in the late 70s, about two years after that, Concord started performing here, the Contemporary Music Group. So they, they started around 1976, but performed in the gallery for the first time in 1978, I think. And they their presence became a sort of an integral part of the concert series. Again, I think the concerts were, they, they weren't every week. They were, they popped up every now and then, and there were series. And I remember coming to them for the first time, probably in the early 80s. Um, I remember seeing various concerts here. And I think at that stage they were happening every second week over the, the September to June period. And again, I would have gone to them when I was in college in Dublin in the 1980s. I saw a lot of musicians here for the first time and heard a lot of my chamber music here for the first time. Um, I think the only other concerts I used to go to, I think, were the ones, the lunchtime concerts in the RDS. They used to have a concert on a Monday night and get the artists to repeat a shorter version on a Tuesday at lunchtime. And I remember lots of people I knew going to those, but sadly they... They ended it, um, that series finished in the early 90s. Um, so this is really the only consistent year-round chamber music series that happens in the city. Um, the concert hall have great concerts in the main hall and now with the Kevin Barry room they've been able to program more chamber music so hopefully that'll that'll continue to, to fill the gap and um, we'll see a lot more chamber music performed. But for a long time the, the Hugh Lane was the only regular venue uh, for chamber music. Over the years the program has included mainstream chamber music, contemporary music, jazz like this morning, um, traditional Irish music, world music, um, predominantly though mainstream classical chamber music. Some people assume jazz is, is one type of music, it's not, it's it's very various different types of music and t- this morning was this was the appropriate venue for that sort of program and uh, I think they, the, the musicians like performing in venues, in different venues that are appropriate for the music.
So could you tell me your name and what brings you here? My name is Therese Sullivan. We love coming down to these concerts um, at midday on Sunday. They're just such a great facility. And then, especially because you hear different kind of music, it's not, it might be a little bit unusual. Um, it's not run-of-the-mill a lot of the time. So we, we like that. My name is Niall McGovern. I come here whenever I can on a Sunday if I'm doing nothing else. And sometimes I enjoy it, sometimes I don't. Um, this occasion we were here about three weeks ago and my friend Carmel likes jazz and saw this was coming up so we've actually cancelled a very important breakfast run in <laughs> Wicklow with the Irish Jaguar and Daimler Club which we should be at in Lara but we've come here instead to listen to some jazz so. I'm Eugene and I'm living up in uh, Santry near the Omni Centre we're here today because we, we saw these musicians yesterday in JJ Smith's and they said to be here today so I thought I'd bring kids along to see them as uh, the kids wanted to see a jazz concert because they have to listen to daddy's jazz all the time at home. So. <laughs> uh, my name is Daniel O'Loughlin and I'm from County Roscommon. 
just here to see the concert of Lars and Tyrone. And um, so, County Roscommon, um, did you drive up just for the concert? No, not at all. I work here as an accountant, so just spending the weekend listening to music. My name's Kathleen Wilkin. I live, I live in near Turnure, and I must say I come to all the Sunday morning music sessions, yes, and enjoy it thoroughly. I think it's because of because everything every week is different and I must say it's, it's such beautiful sessions that are on, you know. Programmes are great altogether. I must enjoy them thoroughly. Hi, um, I'm Jenny. I'm from Spain, the Canary Islands, and I like classical music, so it's a great opportunity to be able to see it in, uh, in this venue. My name is Anne. I'm from Donnybrook, and I come here because it's charming. The building is beautiful and the music is different. It's interesting. Well, my name is John Cogan and I'm with my sons Hubert and Rafe and I'm here to give them a a love for music, which is a bit ambitious, but anyhow. And uh, they play the guitar and the piano. So they're going to hear some top-end, a good good example. My name is Donald McCarty from the north side. I live in Rohini. And uh, I'm just comforting music today, mainly to listen to your man, uh, Lars Johansson. Um, I've heard Ronan Gafoyle number 24. Where there's a, they have a kind of eclectic mix of stuff here, jazz, classical, contemporary. It depends what's on, you know. Sometimes you're into it, sometimes you're not, but it's only an hour. If you can tell me your name and what brings you here today. My name is Rafe Cogan, and I live in the Cogan family with my dad. I'm here to see the concert and to see the pictures and all the beautiful stuff because it's very fun and exciting. And then we played the configuration. I wrote a new melody on Charlie Parker's con- confirmation. I mean, it's, it's a lot of jazz musicians has been doing that through the years. You bring up some chords that you like to improvise on and then you write a new melody on it, you know.
And today's genre is jazz. Are you a particular fan of jazz? We do like jazz. Yeah, not massive, you know, serious jazz, but yes, I, I would like jazz. Paul, my husband, likes it a little bit more. I've, I've heard Roman before, and so we were probably more classical than, than jazz, but we kind of move very happily between the two. Yeah. And, and as Trace was saying, I mean, I think one of the great attractions of these concerts is that, you know, having been to several, you, you build up a sort of trust and confidence in the people who are putting the programs together. That, that you know, something that you sort of don't know that or don't know this person, haven't heard of them or whatever. But because we've had so many successes with finding, you know, great musicians, not just Irish but from all over, and they run a great program. I like jazz. I find it really nice. And I particularly like when you get an opportunity to see it live. It's a very special place. There's something different, maybe something not sacred, but unique, I suppose, in, the, in this formation, in this 
the way the audience, the soap clothes, everything about it, and the place itself is very special. I like jazz, but I don't know an awful lot about it, so I'm still learning. I just bought the uh, Penguin Guide to Jazz, which is supposed to be the thousand great jazz albums, but they're only great if you like them. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so that's why we're here today, and we're looking forward to it, yeah. I'm here for the surprise, basically. I mean, all the times that I've been here, the quality of the musicians and, and the, the act has always been great. There was a program on the BBC when it was suggested that uh, for the concerts in London, you know, in the Royal Albert Hall, that jazz perhaps should be considered, that in some pieces it's even better, the tune is even better composed than perhaps uh, the bulk of classical music. And it's happy. Ronan Gilfoyle is here. Uh, Ronan, tell me about your own collaboration with Lars. You've played once before with him. Last time I heard Lars was actually when he was playing with the great uh, saxophone player Jan Gabarik in the Royal Marine Hotel in Dunleary. Um, so that was my first time hearing Lars. Uh, uh, but he was in a, you know, in a compliment role there. And then a few years later, I was in a friend of mine's house in Sweden, a bass player, um, and... He said, do you know Lars Janssen's music? And I said, well, no. I said, I've seen him with Jan Gabarik, but I don't know. So he played me a trio album, and I was completely loved it immediately. And, I, and I, I went and got as much of that stuff as I could. And I think, for me, one of the things I really like about Lars' music, you know, you, you mentioned a lot of it, melodicism, lyricism, beautiful chords and all that. I think he has a tremendous gift for writing tunes that you think you know, even though you've never heard them before. You know, you say, oh, I love this one. I really like that about there's, there's a kind of a it's an it's an amazing gift to write something that has a sense of familiarity about it despite the fact that you've never heard it before, and I think there's a there's a lyrical what I would call a lyrical sincerity about his music, that is tremendously appealing to me, you know in my own music I I, I have a real taste for melody although that probably comes as a surprise to some people who bought my albums <laughs> but anyway so I but I really do I love I love lyricism and I really admire it and and also. I think it's a very underrated ability to be able to write a good melody, you know, and especially in certain areas of music where people think that complexity is the most important thing. You know, I don't care about whether something is complex or not, to be honest. I don't think complexity is bad, and I don't think simplicity is good. It, it is all about the music. But I do have a tremendous admiration for someone who can write a great melody and, and I, I love for example in classical music I love Rachmaninoff for that reason that he's an extraordinary gift to write a melody and I think Lars has that gift as well so I'm really looking forward to playing these beautiful tunes this, in this beautiful place I think it's perfect for this music The creative process is, is uh, interesting and magic in a way because one day you can just sit down at the piano and you compose something which is great you know Sometimes nothing comes up, so sometimes you need some inspiration. You can read a good book, see a good movie, or you can play a tune by another composer. And of course, when you when you get grandchildren, that's something very magic and f fantastic. Uh, so you get inspired. So I actually wrote three songs to Hilda. The first one is called Hilda, then Hilda Smiles, and then I also have one called Hilda Plays. So and a lot of people like that song. That's nice.
Well, both of you are teachers, lecturers in your respective, you know, both in jazz. Uh, can you tell me something? What is it you most want to impart to someone studying jazz? What central idea, maybe starting with you, Ronan, would you wish to convey to someone wanting to learn the craft? Well, you, you see, you're saying, you, you've kind of put your finger on it by saying learn the craft because there are two elements to this. If someone goes to a jazz school, they, they, they are going to a repository of information. The teachers have the information and the students need to get that information. And part of that information is technical. There's a lot of stuff in jazz these days. So really a lot of stuff. And it is part of our job in a, almost a vocational way to, to show them these techniques, to show them ways they can do it. So this, this is one part of, of what we need to give the students. I think if you don't give them that, you're, especially in the professional world these days, you're not really doing them justice because they need to work and they need to, they need to have the kind of skills they need to work. Having said that, there is an aesthetic around jazz um, and this, it, it, it's perfectly encapsulated with that description of that it, it reflects both the collective and the individual. It's a very unusual combination in the sense that you're supposed to really, um, you know, the worst insult you can give to a jazz musician is you're not listening. You know, when you say, you're not listening to what the other people are playing. That's like, a, that's like they're fighting words, you know, they really are they're like the biggest insult. So you're supposed to work for the collective. On the other hand, individuality is tremendously prized and everybody's prized for the, you know, the great players are prized for the fact that they sound like them. Um, Thelonious Monk said a great, he did said a great thing, he said, among many great things, he said, a genius is the person who sounds most like themselves. And I think that's such a, such a simple and beautiful thing. So I think one of the things that you, you, I try and get across to students is to, to say to them, look, you don't have to be an innovator, you, do, you can't decide that anyway. But what would be great would be find something deeply personal to you and just keep doing it for the rest of your life. Because I think when that happens, we really get something valuable. Because you're hearing somebody that's... And, and that personal thing might be only in a tiny area. It might be... It doesn't have to be like, you know, world-changing like Coltrane or Monsters. It can be just in a little way you, your sound, a little way you play certain types of things. I think these are the really valuable things in jazz. And um, also this idea of sharing that you have to do as a jazz player. And I think if we can give the students technical information and this aesthetic in four years, which is a very short time, uh, I think we really do something valuable. And Lars, mm -hmm. how do you inspire your students? What do you well, say that will convey the essence of your art? Well, I agree completely with Ronan that I actually I had a class the other day, no, yesterday, no, day before when I just came to Dublin with the students. And I said that, uh, of course, this technical part, learn how to play your instrument and the tradition and all that, that's super important. But it's very important to growth as a human being to, to learn, find out who you are and what life is about. Because that, if you do that process, I, I do practice meditation, but there are probably other ways of doing it too, then it will affect your music. And also vice versa, if you, if you practice your stuff and learn more, you will probably become happy and the music become a lot of joy. You say you love coming here. How long have you been coming here? Oh, maybe about five years. We've yeah, we just discovered them quite late, only about about five years or so. I know they're going on a lot longer than that. Okay. But um, yes, that's just great. Dublin, Sunday morning, twelve o'clock. Why not? I mean, it's wonderful to have it available to you. So uh, use it. Yeah. Yeah, I usually come to the Sunday concerts, depending if I suppose whatever's there looks good. 
I play music myself, so I'd have an interest in it, especially jazz too, so it's just natural that <laughs> I want to come here. I think this is my fourth show that I come to, so I really like this gallery and I, I think this initiative is really great. And how long have you been coming here? Oh, years. They've been on for years, but then there was a period when I didn't come and I'm back again. Great to have you back. And have you been to the Shulane Gallery before? Is this your first time? No, absolutely love this gallery. It's my favourite gallery. It's just the right size and it's wonderful pictures and just keep coming back here. I've been to concerts here before. Terrific service. I was here years ago um, to, and I saw uh, it was a violinist and it was really great. But I just hadn't got a handle on when, when exactly the concerts happen and stuff. So, so just the, the, guys, the guys said yes, they'd be here today. So we decided to take the bull by the horns and come in. Yeah, yeah, but I come into this gallery a lot. I like this gallery. Yeah, 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 it's great. Well, actually, this is a place I should come to more often, but I actually only occasionally have been here. But when I do come, again, I'm, I'm struck by the layout of the interior and all the art on the walls and uh, the decor, the plaster work. And so it's, it's, it's ideal for sound because of the way the roof is shaped here in this atrium. And also, it's, it's so visually pleasing just to walk into. And it's free to the public, both the music and the art gallery. And so it's a place I really, sh- as a Dubliner, I should come here more often. <laughs> I am that. It's an old tune. 10, 10 12 years ago, I wrote this one. I am that is, is, is like a, it's like a mantra. The basic meaning of most mantras people use when they practice meditation, especially in Indian philosophy, in Indian yoga tradition, I am that. I'm not just the little ego. I am part of something bigger than myself. Usually you call it the self. Um, so, so it's a reminder <laughs> When you get stuck in your own personal life too much, you know, when you get depressed or when you, you know, you have problems, you should always remember that, you know, it's going to be better and you are really actually part of something really beautiful, something bigger than yourself. So that's the basic meaning of I am that. You call me the preacher sometimes. You are that. I am, yeah. (laughs) I am that.
the director of the series here at Sundays at Noon is Gavin O'Sullivan. And your own career has been uh, quite varied. Um, I suppose you could be in general called a music promoter, if I can use that term. But uh, you've, you've brought many, many skills into the industry yourself. You've been involved with the National Concert Hall for very many years. You've been involved in various great festivals around Ireland. And uh, I happen to know you in the past as music contracting for big orchestras and for recording sessions. Um, what's it like in the world of uh, music at that level on a constant basis? Um, are, is music in Ireland in a healthy state? Healthy state? I, I don't know. I think it's if you're working in the area, it's it, it's busy. You know, there's there, there is lots of work. I think people have described it as there's lots of work. There's very few jobs, uh, but you know, you you do so you tend to do everything. Uh, most of what I do is I do some promoting, though that's sort of the. I, I don't do so much promoting because it's it's quite risky, especially in classical music. There's no money to be made, certainly. So unless you unless you have a series like this, which is predominantly grant aided by the Arts Council, Dublin City Council, um, you can't really promote classical music. Um, the other areas I'd be involved in are mainly production, um, and that would be in classical music, opera, and um, contemporary music. Um, I suppose I got into that by default. I originally played music. I played in uh, viola, so I played in orchestras and string quartets. And from that, I began organizing events and working with other people, fixing orchestras, as you said, con contracting orchestras for recording sessions and concerts. And um, from that, I moved into the concert hall. I worked there for from 1998 to 2004. I was house manager and that even though it was a I was working in a music establishment and working everybody I worked with the the uh, what we did was put on concerts a lot of the job was everything from HR to health and safety to ordering stocks for the concert hall and it covered a a, a huge variety of, of tasks so it was very interesting and ultimately at the end of the day we put on a concert at eight o'clock which was the which was the uh, entire objective which was the <laughs> entire objective and which i suppose makes it stand out from a lot of other jobs is at least at eight o'clock you get to sit down and listen to a concert or hear some of it do you still get to play the viola now and then yeah i haven't played it for a long time no <laughs> I'm, uh, as people would say, I'm, I'm sort of the best type of viola player, a person who owns a viola but doesn't play it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, well, we're here at the Hugh Lane still today and the beautiful Kaway piano, grand piano, was played today. And uh, I presume other performers in this series will play the same piano? Yeah, the, part of the success of this series and why it still works is that the the director of the gallery in the, I think it was around 1980, uh, had the foresight to convince Dublin City Council to buy a piano for the gallery, um, which I'm sure was a challenge at the time. Dublin City Council in 1980 probably wasn't the, the wealthiest of councils, and to get them to spend what was at the time a lot of money on a good piano, uh, and it is actually a good piano. It's a Kauai RXA, which was uh, it's a hand-built Kauai. Um, it's one of a, it's from a period where they hand-built this series in um, in Kauai and they're excellent pianos it's quite a small piano and a lot of people when they see it initially um, it's small for a grand piano it's like the Steinway D is a 9 foot Steinway B is about 7 foot and this is about 6 foot so um, some people are 
a little bit apprehensive when they see it, but they actually, given the acoustic in here and the, um, the sound from the piano, they actually like it a lot. It's, it's very suitable for for jazz, for programs like this morning. It's suitable for Mozart, Haydn, that sort of repertoire. Um, it's probably not so suitable for big solo repertoire like Rist, Liszt, like Rachmaninoff, programs like that. But again, in the context of a, a boomy acoustic and a small venue, um, it, it's perfectly adequate. Um, it's probably coming towards the end of its its life as a really good performance piano. Most concert halls was, would change their pianos every six, seven years. This has given us thirty years serv- thirty five years service. So, uh, but it's not it's not practiced on, and it's used maybe. 20, 30 times a year, so and it's well maintained in in a good environment, so it survives well. Perhaps in the very, very, very far future, mm-hmm. that Kawaii piano will become one of the exhibits here at the well, museum. Possibly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen piano ex- exhibitions made from bits of pianos and. Uh, uh, what can we expect uh, for the rest of 2017? A very varied program, really, coming up, isn't there? All kinds of music, really. Yeah, that's sort of the nature of the series is um, in the next month we've, I think the next concert that you'll be recording is Azumi Kimura and uh, Barry Guy. Barry has played here on numerous occasions and so has Azumi but this is the first time they've performed together. Barry is an amazing uh, bass player who plays everything, plays early music, contemporary music, jazz, uh, he's a composer and he's also lived in Ireland for a lot of his life, a lot of the last 20 years he's based down in Kilkenny. Uh, his wife Maya Hamburger is uh, also a great performer and she, I think together they performed at the gallery first um, maybe 10-15 years ago um, so it's always great to have Barry get back and Izumi, Izumi has lived in Ireland I think for maybe 20-25 years as well and she's performed here on a number of occasions in different ensembles and uh, with Ronan Gilfoyle again who performed this morning Ronan's written some pieces for her and uh, so she's um, another musician that's familiar with the gallery and they've put together a new project uh, and we'll be performing it here in on the 12th of March um, the following week Ian Wilson a very well known Irish composer is um, performing with some uh, other musicians it's a, again it's another contemporary music project that they've put together um, and then the rest of the year is the usual mix of very mainstream classical repertoire um, some world music, some we tie in with some festivals. Uh, this year we're doing a series with the Royal Irish Academy of Music of uh, not their students but people who've done doctorates in the academy and are, are performing. So um, I suppose that's one thing as well, like we tend to, it's not a venue that as part of this series that we do um, student performances, it, it, it is professional musicians, it is, it's always musicians who are at, um, are performers um, um, I think that's that's been important over the years as well people know what they're coming to it's not it's they might know what they're coming to in terms of the repertoire but they know they're coming to hear musicians of a certain standard uh, I think that's important as well it's it's been um, it's important to have that consistency in, in, in programming um, also in I think it's an area that is you know it's as a student, you've lots of performance opportunities. You're playing every week in college. Colleges organise lots of opportunities for you. There's the fashion, there's the competitions. Um, however, when you leave college, it's very difficult as a musician to get performance opportunities. And uh, a lot of the musicians who perform here are working in Dublin as teachers or in the orchestras. 
Uh, but outside of that, they don't have opportunities to perform, and that's what they were trained to do. So I think it's it's important to have opportunities for them to show their own students what they do and what they're learning the instrument for. Governor Sullivan, director of the Sundays at Noon concert series here at the Hugh Lane. Thank you. Thanks, Ken. How important do you think are initiatives like this where concerts are put on for the public for free? Well, I think they're really important, especially for people who would appreciate it. Um, now at this stage, just I suppose the way music and art in general is going, um, different trends and different interests and usually music like jazz and classical are getting left behind so I think the older generation appreciate it a lot but there's people who would be younger as well who also appreciate it who I'm sure would love to see a bit more of it as well so it's great that they do have initiatives like this to hear music. Lars just to get back to your own music for a moment uh, when I listen to your music and you have many albums now out on the market I, I can't help hearing uh, the great classical composers of the past. I, I hear snippets of uh, the Impressionists, Debussy, Bach, and listening to the threads of the great traditions. And would you say that is a deliberate intention or something that just infuses your, your compositional uh, personality? Well, it's a little hard to say, you know, but I, when I was young, I, I mean, I studied classic music, so I played some of the classical composers and uh, I'm married to a classical pianist <laughs> who who plays Rachmaninoff every day and now she just made a record with Debussy all the preludes so our poor kids are grown up between two grand pianos one playing blues and the other one Bach <laughs> so, well, so this mostly I, I choose some more lyrical soft ballads because of the acoustics in here you know and because last night we played some hard bebop hard swinging music and we have no drums so it becomes quite meditative so there, there's some actually one to nobility and beauty we're going to play there's a little f rhythmic figure that I really actually took from Debussy in one of his pieces you know so there's some inspiration from classical music tonight we did two pieces bind together like a little suite we started up with under the cloud which is kind of rubato thing uh, and then after that, I went over to Nobility and Beauty. Nobility and Beauty, a piece uh, I would say partly inspired by Claude Debussy. I found some of his these rhythms I use here in this piece in one of his piano pieces.
Can you tell me what you thought about the concert and what you liked most? I thought Lars and Roland were very talented. It's music you don't really hear that often, especially live too. So I suppose the part I liked most about it was there was a mix between, let's say, a lot of slow stuff, but also a lot of quick stuff too, especially there was a bebop song there in the middle of it, just very different to the rest, which I thought was very good. What, what did you think about today's performance? Very intimate, very personal. Lars Janssen's music is so evocative, it's so rich, it has full of depth, it's lyrical, it's full of rhythmic nuances that are like phrased so beautifully, it's like as if he's talking to you personally. And then with Ronan on the bass, so magnificently interpreting uh, Lars's style, uh, it's that perfect combination of two musicians who really get the music and who understand each other. So what was your favourite part of today's concert? Plus the first piece I liked the, the, the best. And lo lovely melodic playing. Um, really good, really liked it. Lars is really good. And obviously you could do it in his sleep. Yeah. OK, and I'm back with Anne now. So could you tell me like, what was your favourite piece today? I think it was a variation on Bach, it was the second piece. But then I like Bach and it's easy to transfer. And it was beautifully paid. But I also like the sense of humour and the happiness that was generated by this programme. And would you go and see Lass and Ronan again? I certainly would. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. OK, bye. Bye. Well, you were also both very different as composers. Listening to your concerto, for example, the violin, listening to Lars' pieces, you have a very, very different uh, take, if you, a personality, if you like, in uh, your compositional output. Uh, and here you are today at the Hugh Lane playing together. So is there always that crossover then that on the one hand you compose in very individually, but then, as you say, Ronan, you share together also on the platform here today. 
you're involved in each other's music. Yeah, I mean, I, the way I see this uh, for me is I'm playing Laura's music today and I'm a huge admirer of his music and have been for more than 20 years now. So for me, it's an opportunity, not so much to, you know, like interpose other areas of music that I'm interested in, but to actually really honor the music and, the, and what I believe to be the essence of the music. And, and in a way, I'm not thinking of this in, a, in an abstract way, oh, yeah, okay, what's the essence of Lars' music? So I'll do this and then I'll do that. I don't make it like that. It's much more about what I feel when I listen to his music. I remember the, the great drummer, Jim Black, once he said, uh, well, actually, he said, I consider myself not to be a player, but to be a listener. And he said, when I go to a concert and I hear people play, he said, I listen to what they're playing. And he said, and the only difference is when I'm sitting behind a drum set, he said, I can respond to what I hear. And I thought that was a really beautiful. He said, so if, when he's playing, he just considers himself to be exactly the same as when he's sitting in the audience. Now, when I listen to Lars' music, you know, and I, I feel certain things for it, and I, you know, I really love his music. So for me to have the bass in my hands, I'm actually going to respond to what I'm hearing in the way that I do when I'm listening to his music. I may not have been able to um, explain that so well if I hadn't heard Jim say this, but that's what I realized what's going on a lot of the time when you're playing with it's people. It's a kind of Zen Buddhistic yeah. attitude, actually, to be, yeah. to be open. I, I wrote a blues that we played yesterday called Beginner's Blues. The idea of always try to be a beginner, you know, you know, it's a new day, it's kind of the first day in my life, and really try to be like a kid, you know, open to what's happening. And then there's more chances that the music will flow by itself and some exciting things will happen. Uh, thank you, Lars Janssen, and thank you, Ronan Guilfoyle. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you to the performers on today's programme, Lars Janssen and Ronan Guilfoyle. Thanks also to Concert Series Director Gavin O'Sullivan and all at the Hugh Lane Gallery for accommodating Near FM. This series is produced and edited by Paul Loughran, with sound production by Gay Graham and additional interviews by Dorothy Meyer-Haltkamp. Thank you to all the staff and volunteers with Near FM and Phoenix FM for making these broadcasts possible. Join us on Tuesday, April 4th at 3pm for the next in the Hugh Lane Concert Series when we hear the music of pianist Izumi Kimura and double bass player Barry Guy. The Sundays at Noon Concert Series takes place in the beautiful Sculpture Gallery at the Hugh Lane every Sunday between September and June and attendance is free to the public. My name is Ken Tui. Until next time, thank you for listening.
This programme was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.